This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Hedman again with a pass to the near side. What a save made by McCabe. A split save and the time's going to run out. Joey Wall will backstop the Maple Leafs to a victory against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Four to three. That is Joe Bowen with the final call. Leafs win again. Welcome to Leafs Game Night, the post-game show. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph with you. So, looks pretty good. Uh, Ralphie, this was a, a just a wacky day, and it ends up with, with Joe Wall making all those saves. What did he make, 45 out of 48 saves? And just was one of the stars of the game, probably not recognized in the building. But but tell us about Mr. Wall. I mean, this is this is a good story. Yeah, then you know what you really like is the composure late. Uh, you know, Tampa's buzzing. He robbed Kucherov a couple of times. And, you know, even though it's a nothing game, and it's okay, now they're 13 points up. They could have been nine points up if Tampa wins. Uh, so nothing to do with the standings. But it was a game that I thought it was important uh, for the Leafs to preserve the lead. You don't want to blow a two-goal lead and just have that in the back of your mind going into a playoff series where you might be in a similar situation in Tampa uh, with a lead late. I mean, the the fact that they were able to seal it off, Jake McCabe had five block shots on the night, and I think they were all in the last two minutes of regulation. So there there were a lot of positive things that came out of it, but for, for Joe Wall, just the composure you saw, and, and I believe it was a shot from Hedman from the point that he gloved, there was, there was a little bit of swagger in that save. Like, I saw it, and uh, this is this is no problem for me. There, there didn't appear to be any yeah. nervousness or any cracks in him at all. And it feels composed, hey Ralphie. Like you didn't, you didn't feel like he was out there swimming around. Oh no, absolutely. Getting caught at, at a position, yeah. like it just felt like he was calm, composed. And um, I mean, this is something the Leafs have been needing—a guy who is drafted, developed, brought along. They didn't have to go find him somewhere else. They have not had this. And to Samsonov's credit, he's been, like, as far as coming in and doing a good job this year, it's basically been perfect. It's as good as it could have been for, for a guy like that. And we're, we're seeing what he's become as a goalie. But, I, I mean, we're almost at the point now where Matt Murray, like, if I'm a player in that room or if I'm in on the coaching staff, I'm, I'm almost thinking, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like I know you got a lot going on, but we're kind of just going about this without you right now. Like th- this kid's really good. He's going to be our backup, and we actually just beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he was a big reason why. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a small sample size, still just six games for Joe Wall, which I believe, Jimmy, you can help me with, with this. When Ken Dryden came in for Montreal in 1971, I believe he played six games at the end of the regular season, and then uh, yeah. ended up winning the Conn Smythe Trophy when. Uh, the Habs won, but but I, I I agree with you, Frankie, and I think just based on the, the the simple fact that you want to ice the best team that has a chance to win, and you know we can talk about the injuries to Matt Murray, but but he had a tough stretch since the middle of February. I think what six out of seven, four goals against or more, uh, then the injuries you know combined to to make it a tougher um, way for him to be able to come back, and and just by that comparison with with how they've played, health aside. Uh, I think Joe Wall has earned the trust of his teammates and I'm guessing the coaching staff uh, to have earned uh, the right to back up to start. And I I really love the fact that he got this start in Tampa. Joe and I had been talking about this start for three weeks, that if the Leafs had clinched, 
play Joe Wall in this game in Tampa uh, simply because you want to get him to use the – first of all, it's the first playoff team that he's played against this year. And secondly, if if it ever came to the point that you needed him, he might be, it might be nice for him to be a little familiar with the sight lines of this building and uh, playing against the skill that Tampa has up front. We, we've been talking about it since the trade deadline, Ralphie, how the team has addressed all kinds of needs and it's going to have a different look against the Lightning this year. Well, now we finally got to see, okay, what does that look like against the Lightning? And, and I know we don't have Matthews and Marner and Giordano playing in this game, but okay, let's start with Luke Shen. Gets into a fight, throws a few big hits, plays a big, mean physical game. That's a different look. Noel Achari, similar kind of game. Didn't have the fight, but physical kind of guy. Won a lot of battles, a lot of stick battles. Threw his body around. He was in and around the blue paint in front of Vasilevsky. He actually does a really nice job on the Luke Shen goal to, to draw a lot of coverage to him. Like, check another box there. Michael Bunting had some, you know, he had some snarl to his game where he's fighting um, Corey Perry. He's in the mix a little bit. And Ryan O'Reilly um, is also doing his thing as far as being a really responsible player. Jake McCabe is blocking all kinds of shots. Like, it just feels like there was a warrior mentality with this team. And, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, how all these things have been addressed. And now we saw it in action tonight against Tampa Bay. It looks really good out there. Yeah, and you know what? I thought Ryan O'Reilly was spectacular in the last two or three minutes of this game Absolutely. as well. And he was the only uh, Leafs centerman. The Leafs won 48% of the faceoffs. Um, Ryan O'Reilly was the the only one on the plus side, winning thirteen to twenty one, uh, but just so relentless on the puck and so um, you know so poised. And, and like Joe and I were saying after the game, I, I think the other story is the uh, the resurgence of my, of uh, William Nylander. Uh, that now we're starting to see this the speed is noticeable, the puck handling, uh, going in and winning the battles, and he had a couple of scoring opportunities. Uh, just from winning battles. In fact, the goal by uh, turned out to be the game winner by Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, strips his man of the puck, takes it behind the net, finds a man open in front. And um, to me, Willie Nylander, you know, with, with Matthews and Marner out of the lineup, it was as if he said, okay, I, I should be the best player on the ice. And I He's thought, hard well, to I, knock yeah. off the puck sometimes. Hey, yeah. Ralphie? And, like, yeah, and like I, when he gets going and he gets under you, like there was one play early on in the first period where he's going for a loose puck against Hedman. It took a lot out of Hedman to get Willie off that puck. Like, if that wasn't Hedman, Willie's probably in alone. Like, he's that strong on the puck. Yeah, and, he, and he's starting to get that kind of that wide stance to protect the puck well, when he's trying to go around somebody that uh, that makes it even more difficult, you know, balance-wise and, uh, and distance-wise, you know, trying to reach around somebody to, to knock the puck off a stick. But, yeah, I just think uh, – I think it started before the Montreal game, but, um, you know, he scored against Montreal, and – uh, you know, you hope he can get to the forty, the forty goal mark as well. Although we'll we'll wait and see if he does in fact play against the Rangers on Thursday. But um, I think you know there there's so many nice things that came out of this game. Preserving the lead was huge, especially under the circumstances with the penalty late. Um, you know, the penalty kill was obviously perfect, um, a lot better. And I know you guys talked about the officiating and the the intermissions. But it seemed like there were absolutely no calls on scoring chances where there could have been penalties. It was all the sort of the the garbage stuff, pulling one guy out of a scrum. I think, uh, was it Hagel was pulled out of a scrum and, and got two minutes bunting, maybe the most ridiculous of all the penalties, uh, getting pulled out of a scrum and, and giving that penalty. And, and 
I will say, too, um, you do have to be a little bit concerned as to how um, Michael Bunting is being officiated. Like I know you saw the, the yeah, cross-check by Perry at center. Sure. That's fine if you're not going to call it. But then it's almost like making a statement to pull him out of a scrum and give him the only roughing penalty. Well, uh, I don't know what he can do now, Ralphie. Like He's at the point where he, he's not saying anything to the refs. And even the penalty he got where... Tavares has three guys on him, and Bunting jumps in. If you watch it closely, Bunting jumps in, and then he's like, oh, I got I to gotta hold off here. I can't go because I know I'm on thin ice. And by the time that happened, referee already put his hand up. I don't know what he's going to be able to do here to get a little more of an objective kind of viewing from the referees. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're not going to allow him to draw penalties, if you're going to say, okay, you got to suck it up and take the cross check at center, uh, that's one thing. But when you're penalizing them on chintzy plays, that's stuff that that works into your psyche. You know that uh, like, you know maybe I don't finish the check. Maybe maybe I don't play hard on this play because I don't want to take a penalty. And um, if you have that mentality, or if you start getting called early in the first game on chintzy calls, uh, like you just want it to be even. You know, okay, if, if you know he has earned a reputation of drawing penalties and going down easy and everything else. Uh, but it really appears to be he's being punished on the other side now. Not only are we not going to give you the benefit of the doubt on calls, uh, but we're going to target you uh, as somebody that if something happens after a scrum, you're going to be the guy that's going to be responsible for it. And I think that's that's a scary thing, and um, I'm with you, Frankie. I think he's done a great job of trying to manage his emotions and stay out of it, but somehow... Uh, uh, and I don't know whether it's because it's come out in the media or Sheldon Keefe said Kyle Dubas is going to talk to the league, uh, but the message seems to be back that uh, we're not going to be forced into doing something just because you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and we want you and you want us to do it. Well, but it's going to be interesting because I think the reveal tonight was this is how Tampa's going to play the Leafs. They're going to get in their face after every whistle. They're going to drag this thing out, and, and they're going to lure Bunting into whatever they can lure him into. I mean, that's how they have to play it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what they did last year. And, you know, I'm still re, I'm, you know, reminded of a, um, a play, and nobody seemed to talk about it that much at the time or since, but Patrick Maroon grabbing Morgan Riley uh, and then wailing away on him. And I think that was game one, if I'm not mistaken, game one or game two um, in Toronto. So, yeah, they've got, you know, from Corey Perry to, to Patrick Maroon. Perry will drop the uh, the gloves a little more regularly than Maroon will. But but it's that mentality that we're going to push and we're going to bang. And, um, you know, Kucherov tried to be cute by uh, kicking the legs out of T.J. Brody. Um, you know, that's that that was a recipe for them to show up a little bit angry. And, and it's, it's helped them win, uh, you know, back-to-back championships and three trips to the Stanley Cup Finals. We talked about Joseph Wall and him being ready and, and getting this game, and it's a good rep for him, obviously, as a young goaltender to get this kind of game and feel good about it, have a good result. Same goes for Matthew Nyes. Second game, and you can see that he kind of built a little more confidence in this game. He gets an assist, could have been a goal. It's like half an inch away from the goal line. But the thing that kind of sticks out, so the first game I was saying, the thing that really stuck out to me is the fact that he could play well through contact. He would take a little bit of contact, move his feet, come out with the puck, and I think that's something that can help separate him from other players on this roster. Tonight... He went. He matched well with Ryan O'Reilly because they're both players with quick sticks. Like they make 
quick little plays with their sticks in tight areas, and there were a number of times Nyes was able to do that, whether it was with the puck or trying to get the puck back. A couple back checks, does a nice job of tracking the whole way, sees an opportunity, and it's like a bang-bang quick uh, stick lift, and he's got the puck now. Did you see that as well? I know there's a, there's a few plays where you're like, okay, that's a guy still learning learning the way, but there's a lot of confidence behind him. Yeah, and, and I liked him playing with Willie Nylander as well. I mean, I, I thought, you know, so you, you play with another guy that's great on the four check and, and works hard, and you got a guy with some skill as well. So And, and we saw that on uh, Nylander setting up the, the nice chance that led to the, uh, the Ryan O'Reilly goal. Uh, I think the one thing we've seen, though, Frankie, in the, in the games is having to judge how much time and space you have on the boards when you have the puck. And that's how, the biggest and how, adjustment yeah. for these guys. These wingers that come up from lower levels, that's where the biggest adjustment is, for yeah, sure. Because it closed, the, and you could see, you know, in back-to-back games, there were moments where it was like, oh, my, you know, all you think you've got time, and you take a, you know, you stop and you take a look, and next thing you know, you're getting swarmed and um, and you've turned the puck over, so... Uh, that that's just something that uh, you know through repetition uh, he's going to get used to. But you're right; they're uh, interesting to see such a jump in his play from one game to another. Um, his line mates, I think, had a big part of that. I just hope he's got the signing bonus um, in the bank account. He can help mom and dad out with the hotel bill in Tampa. You know, he was there for the <laughs> final. He was there for the the uh, the Frozen Four that was played in Tampa and. Um, Mom and dad didn't get a chance to get home. So Yeah, Ralphie, the signing bonus check is payable on upon signing, so that's in there already. Uh yeah, may, just make sure room service charges get signed as well. Because <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be quite uh, quite an expensive stay for the folks. Yeah. R- Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Appreciate <laughs> right. it. Thanks, boys. All right. Uh, Leafs win four three in Tampa. This is Leafs Game Night at T S N ten fifty in the Leafs Radio Network. Seconds left. Leafs hanging on here. Stamkos shot. Pat save wall. Into the corner. Kucherov. Centering pass through the blue paint. Far side now for Stamkos. Stamkos to Hedman. Drills. Glove save. Joey Wall. Bonesy having some fun there. As the Leafs get by Tampa 4-3. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado with you. So Ralphie compared him to Ken Dryden. Or it wasn't a direct comparison, but you know, reminded him of Ken Dryden. Yeah, he wanted a up. reference. Yeah, yeah, so he looked it up. Six, uh, I looked it up. Six games he played at the end of the 70-71 season and won all six and had a 165 goals against average and then stunned the Bruins and went on to win a Stanley Cup. And, and so these type of things can happen, not saying that this is the case, but, but this, is, this is a nice story. There's no doubt about it. After the tumultuous day the Leafs had, and they must have burned out their their data phoning up the nhl office to to work this out wall comes through and they actually updated at 49 shots so we stopped 46 of 49 shots we didn't play yes guy no guy before the game because we had a lot to get to so maybe we'll throw one in right now jimmy yes guy no guy joseph wall was plywood tonight (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna say yes, guy. Yes, he was the guy. better. He was the better goalie. I mean, and, he and was the better goalie. That's something, isn't it? Is yeah, no kidding. On the first goal, the Nylander goal, Vasilevsky gets caught cheating. Like, how often yeah. do we see that? But I think there's a good message there for this Leafs team, especially the players that played, the guys who got on the score sheet tonight. It's like we always talk about Tampa and we talk about Vasilevsky like it's this mythical creature that just cannot be beaten and you can't score on him and he can't lose a game seven and all that stuff like he's earned that track record 
Sure. And this is a regular season game. This is game 81, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there were players tonight on this Leafs team that executed and scored goals. They scored four goals on him. They should leave the rink feeling like if we do the right things again, we can score on this guy. He's not some mythical creature that just cannot be scored on. There should be some confidence in this team, especially without Matthews and Marner in, in the lineup. Like, that's a... That's a huge thing that maybe we've overlooked tonight. Like, this was the, the depth players, yes, played a big part in this on the penalty kill. They were excellent. Jake McCabe, Jimmy, was unbelievable tonight. Oh. But it, it's almost like Nylander was there, O'Reilly was there, Matty Nyes was there. There, there were a lot of um, offensive contributions tonight, and it wasn't Matthews and Marner that had to do it. I just think we're talking about a lot of the different things here that this team has addressed, whether it's physicality, whether it's a little more defensively sound, whether it's guys that can win some more puck battles. Well, how about depth scoring? Isn't that something that they've addressed? And we got to see it tonight without Matthews and Marner in the lineup scoring on Andre Vasilevsky four times. Well, one of us likes to refer to that as layers, and, and they have a lot of layers, more layers than ever before. No question about that. We were talking a bit about Wall, and here he is speaking after the game on his day, what it was like leading up before the game. Yeah, it's been uh, been a little crazy. Um, found out today, you know, around one o'clock, that, that I was going to be able to play, and um, you know, I was just really happy that that I was able to, and um, pretty special to come out here and get the win tonight. Does it change the preparation, the routine, or anything like that when you kind of get short notice? Um, you know, I was trying to take the day like like I was playing, just you know, in case I did get the call. So uh, I think I did a good job of that. I'd rather be you know more prepared than underprepared. So I think it was it was okay. When did you get to Florida? I uh, got here today. Um, yeah, I got here. It was able to play for the, or sorry, I got got noticed that I was able to play around one. Um, and yeah, again, I'm just really excited. And then you got on a play? No. Um, yeah, going today. Yeah. What do you like? What's it been like for you? Because obviously you should have been dressing in, in previous games. Like, do you understand it? Have they were like? What, what's it been like waiting? Yeah, truthfully, <laughs> all way over my head. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I trust, uh, you know, <laughs> we have awesome players, but we also have awesome staff and, and awesome management. So it's pretty cool to see, you know, them working and, and doing everything they can. So, you know, I, I leave that to them and I just go out and focus on the game. What did you make of the intensity of tonight's game? Yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome to see, you know, a couple fights and um, it's already, you know, playoff style hockey. And uh, I think it was really cool is our guys, you know, diving out and blocking shots and, and taking that, you know, form of intensity too. And Jake McCabe in particular, which knows about this game. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying out there, like, after every whistle, I felt like I was going to give him a little fist bump, thanking him for blocking shots. So I, you know, appreciate that from from my point of view. It's been a strange few days for the Leafs goalie situation. Did you get a chance to talk to Lamuska after the game at all? Yeah, um, been cool uh, to have him here, and I, I know he's really happy just to be able to, to you know, to be a part of this. And, and same with Nick yesterday. So. Um, pretty cool moments for them, and um, yeah, pretty awesome. Senzo to by nine. Uh, pretty intense player, and um, you know, obviously, just really happy to have him. Uh, pretty cool to see him get his first point tonight as well, and you know, hopefully, he's a guy that can help us on the down the road. Kyle said that Ilya is unlikely to play Thursday. I'm just wondering what the chance to play at Madison Square Garden would mean to you. Yeah, pretty sweet. Um, you know, I've got the opportunity to play play in some pretty cool places this year, and. You know, that would just add to the list. So if I get to, if I get the call, I'll be ready. Leafs win 4-3. This is Leafs game night at TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. 
Leafs game night. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. 4-3. The Leafs win in Tampa. Now there's one left. Thursday night in New York against the Rangers. Then on to host Tampa in the opening round next week. Uh, you know, as we said earlier, Frankie, you know, I, I think that uh, watching how Tampa approached this game with with pretty well everybody except for Bogosian, uh, I, if I'm in Tampa, I'm, I'm a little concerned just because of how they played over the last month and a half and what everything they tried to do tonight really didn't work. It didn't get under the Leafs' skin, albeit with a depleted Leafs roster. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's two parts to that. The Leafs did a nice job of not getting frustrated, not letting that bother them, but at the same time still addressing it when it happened, right? Like, it's it's yeah. not like the Leafs in the past where they're kind of getting pushed around and smiling and laughing and, and everything's all good. It was like there were players on this Leafs team tonight, whether it was Bunting, whether it was Shen, whether it was that pack mentality that they had, where it was like, okay, we have a little more pushback, but at the same time, they walked the line as far as not getting uh, frustrated by Tampa wanting to slow the game down and have a scrum on everything. Every whistle, and even something as stupid as Nikita Kucherov sticking his leg out and tripping yeah. TJ Brody. I thought TJ Brody did a really good job of selling that. Like, obviously, he was not tripped to the point where he should have fallen. But hey, if you're going to do something like that, like stick out your leg, like you're like you're walking around elementary school trying to trip people, um, <laughs> then then you you deserve to be penalized for it. It was it's undisciplined, and undisciplined teams should be penalized accordingly. And Tampa Bay could have had more penalties tonight if it was called a little more tight or if there weren't missed calls. And I'm talking about the Michael Bunting cross-check. And even Alex Kerfoot, there was an opportunity he had, I believe it was shorthanded, where Nikita Kucherov is all over him. He slashes him two or three times and even comes over the top. Um, and those are frustrating things, especially when they don't get called. And that can kind of fester and live on the bench a little bit. So for the Leafs, they did a good job of that. And for Tampa, Jimmy, it's been tough sledding for them. They let in 19 goals in their last three games coming into this game. They let in another four tonight. So if I'm the Leafs, I'm thinking, okay, we can score on Andre Vasilevsky. We can do this. And maybe in the past where last year was like the Leafs win game one, they get blown out game two. There's a real opportunity for this team this year to really jump on them, like win that first game and say it's pedal to the metal for game two and we're not letting you back in the series because we know we don't have to. Like For Tampa Bay, it, it's been tough sledding. They're not playing great hockey. And if they're going to get unraveled like that and play undisciplined hockey, it's not going to help them win the long game, let's say. Like, they always try to frustrate the Leafs, but right. when things aren't going well for you and then you're initiating that kind of game, if you don't pull the momentum back in your way, if the, like, the Leafs don't let that momentum slip away, it's just going to frustrate Tampa Bay even more. Well, look, I mean, they had 49 shots in goal, another 32 that didn't get through. So that's 81 shot attempts. The Leafs had 41 shot attempts. Every once in a while, Frankie, I'll watch a game, and tonight it was McCabe. You watch this guy play, and I'm left with this. I go, so you'll trade Jake McCabe to us, and you'll pay half his salary? I know, really? hey, what a great deal. That, that's stunning. Oh, that's <laughs> stunning. I know. He's he's exactly what the doctor ordered. Like him and Luke Shen are exactly what the Leafs needed on the back end. With McCabe, it's a guy who has that warrior mentality. He was out there for the last three minutes of the game. Like he did not yeah. come on the ice, come off the ice. And and not only did he not leave the ice, he blocked a number of Nikita Kucherov's one timers, point blank situations. Like that's man, that's laying it all out there in a game. 
to be honest with you, that really doesn't mean anything as far as points and standings, but it means something for him as far as asserting himself in that game and sending a message that, like, there's not going to be any freebies. You know what else this game had, Jimmy? And the Leafs would get they, – they, the Leafs would score. Tampa answered back quickly twice, right? But it never right. felt like it was that deflator that really just no. sucked, sucked the wind out of the sails of the Leafs. It just felt like, okay – it's a goal, and we just go back and we and we play our game. and And the Leafs are a really good team when they don't beat themselves. Like that's one of the things that they'll yeah. really have to key in on in the faceoffs. Because when they don't beat themselves and they force a team like Tampa or a team like Boston, whoever they're playing, to have to beat them of their own volition, makes the Leafs a much more difficult team to play against. Does it make any sense if I say this game meant more to Tampa than it did to the Leafs? Probably, probably just because of what they've been going through and, and the way they haven't found their game. And, and even coming into this game, they were 3-7 and seven in their last 10. That's not the Tampa Bay that we've come to know heading into playoff time. Every year it seems like you know we're, we're getting to, to April and we're talking about how Tampa's found an, another gear. And just when you think it wasn't possible or, or when you thought that they were slowing down, they're really not slowing down. This year, it seems like that might be the case. But we always have to say it's up to the Leafs to really step on them when they are down. Because if you give this game team any glimmer of hope, they will take it and run with it. Go back to last year where they beat the Leafs in seven games. You could argue that was the toughest series that they played en route to the Stanley Cup final because they blew past Florida in short order. And then they got to the Stanley Cup final after that. And it's like, okay, they just, they just needed to get past the Leafs. The Leafs cannot give them that this season. You know, there's so many story angles here. Wall obviously is the headliner. McCabe, uh, you know, the guys who didn't play, but it's you know, it was one man short on the roster, and Connor Timmons was pressed into about nine minutes on on the wing. Uh, I just like the way that this unit, the the one sort of on the ice tonight, found its way and gelled and did its job. Yeah, and and that's that's what you're looking for in a game like this. And I think Sheldon Keefe always mentions mentions it, the process, right? He always wants the process. He wants to prepare. Even Kyle Dubis, we played his audio before the game, and he said, yeah, like there's not a lot on the line when it comes to points um, or in the standings, but it, it's a preparation game for us. We need to prepare. Like this is the team we're going to play in the playoffs, and we want to be doing all the right things. So I just think there becomes a certain mindset as a player where you get in this tunnel vision, and that's all you know. That's all you know in the moment. And right now, all the Leafs know is playing fairly defensively responsible hockey, not beating themselves, and being opportunistic and scoring when it matters. And they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's who they got. Like, that's Tampa Bay. That's their team. The only player they're missing of significance is Tanner Janot. And the Leafs were able to beat them with Joe Wall and Nett, without Matthews, without Marner, without Giordano, without... Lafferty, like go go through the list of injured players or guys that are sitting out. That's a really good game by the Leafs, and that should show what kind of depth and and what kind of additions this team has made that makes them better suited to win this year than in years past. Frankie, you can take the rest of the night off, and we'll speak again on Thursday. Leafs skate night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.